millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Welcome to Episode 3 the official Nerd Talk Podcast, Geek Speak. I'm your host, Sean, and joined, as always, on this wacky and frightening episode of the episode... <laughs> Is my co-host Josh, the Disney remake repulsed reaction man, Rudy Rudolph. This is the podcast where we watch movies, make movies, play games, and more. What else can you ask for? That was a that was a really long name of mine, but I do stand by it though. The Disney remake repulsed reaction man. Yes, that that's about my reaction every time either I see a Disney remake or I hear of one's existence. Now keep in mind, movies like Maleficent, Cruella, Christopher Robin are not remakes. They're original ideas spinning off, spinning off of movies. They're not remakes. Which Correct. is why they're often better. Um, anyway, so how you doing today, Josh? I'm doing good, and related to my name, I saw Cruella today before we record this podcast, and I actually really enjoyed it. I've seen no version of 101 Dalmatians, <laughs> but I have seen I, Tanya, which the director of this movie did. Uh, love Emma Stone, Emma Thompson, both of them were fantastic in this. And it's one of the few Disney quote-unquote remakes, uh, it really isn't, that I would recommend seeing. It is a bit long, though. It's like two hours, 15 minutes, which I was really surprised by. Um, when you said... I have seen I, Tanya though, before I knew it was the same director, that was very weird to just say. <laughs> yeah, I, I realized after I said that. Uh, I haven't seen 101 animations, but I have seen a different movie that has nothing to do with Disney. <laughs> and so you've seen two movies in your life, congrats. Um, yes. So welcome to the podcast, if you're new here, we talk about Disney Channel original movies, we talk about superhero stuff, geeky, nerdy news, Star Wars, Star Trek, Ninja Turtles and more, uh, movies, comic books, etc. And today we're focusing on Quiet Place 2, um, the Halloween movie, uh, Halloween Town, the Disney Channel movie. Um, and we're going to go NDA always with news and super weird stories. Anyway, <laughs> so stats time. Do, 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 do. Uh, we have a new logo. Yes. Today, this podcast will have a new logo and going forward we'll have a new logo. And it's us and we have a bunch of nerdy stuff on us. That's kind of yes. fun. Um, so, in terms of stats, we have them. So <laughs> Good. I'm happy with you. Uh, we don't have, we're now on Apple Podcasts. That's one thing. Yee. So we are on, I think, pretty much everywhere you can get podcasts now, which is great. If you want, if there's a place you want to listen to podcasts and we don't have it there yet, let us know and we will, um, put it there. Just, unless, we, if we can, if we have access to it. We now have 14 yeah. followers on Spotify. Last episode we said we had, uh, six. Now we have 14. Cool. So thank you for Spotify uh, followers. That's really helpful. Like, that'll help us out a lot, actually. 
Uh, yes, we thank have, you. I don't know, I think 16 unique, unique listeners from Spotify. Um, so people, different people who have listened to it. So 14 out of the 16 people who have listened to us have followed us. So that's really cool. Um, 21 people, though, have hit play on the podcast on Spotify. Hey, that's 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 the way you start uh, the podcast, and it's good that they hit the play button. <laughs> I'm like, but that means we have less people who actually kept listening for sixty seconds or more. Uh, that was like, I guess, false starts. Um, pretty funny, but thank you for joining for a little bit. Then, in terms of other stats, uh, we don't have we don't have any analytics yet from Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts yet. They're not updated enough, really. So, actually, we have analytics from Google, and our analytics are zero. <laughs> so well. I mean, it is a number. It's it's a big number. Yep, great number. In terms of other things we have, I think this week or today, it says five downloads in general from people listening to us from different mediums, and that's cool for one of our two episodes so far. We've got more countries listening to us. Woo! Uh, welcome to the UK. Welcome to Singapore. Welcome. Thank we have you. Twenty-one downloads. Look, we have about seventy percent of our listeners are from the United States. We have three Philippines, two Belgium, two Canada, one Brazil, one UK, one Singapore so far. And that's a little off because it doesn't take into account Alex from YouTube um, and a few other places. But thank you. It is weird to really think about that. Like, it's not just people in the US. Like, people around the world are listening to us. Like, I can't even fathom that right now. Not a lot. Not a lot, but still. Thank you. Thank you, Belgian person. And the Philippines are, we're big in there now, but three, well, big, big, I say we have three people to us, um, or at least three people have hit play once. Anyway, that is the stats and we have a new logo, like I said, I'm excited for that. I think it looks pretty cool. It was, it cost money because we paid artists. That's great. We got an actual professional art done. That's really cool. Yes. And watch anything good lately besides Cruella, Josh? Uh, Quiet Place 2, which we'll be talking about. That's true. Halloween Town. Uh, I did watch Army of the Dead. Um, which was originally going to be a topic this week, but then that changed because I was uh, going to last night, but it was, oh, it's two and a half hours? I don't have time. It It is long, but I would say it is fun. The first time I watched it, I kept the cinephile part of my brain on, and I really did not care for it. But then on, re- on rewatch, I turned it off. I was just like, you know what? This is actually pretty fun. I, I enjoyed it. Nice. Although I... W- I will say Snyder's cinematography, because he was the DP of this film, he used a lot of shallow focus. And if for people that don't understand what that means, that's like where it's only focused on like the character and everything else is blurred out in the background. And like he uses it a lot, not just in close-ups, but in also like wide shots. So sometimes it can be annoying, uh, but like it gives it its own unique feel and style. So there is that. I have some similar notes like that on the Quiet Place too. We'll get to, but uh, for me, I. Oh, about a week, week and a half ago, I would want to talk about it last podcast, but I didn't get a chance to. And that was I watched Kong Skull Island recently-ish. I That's loved it. Movie. I loved it. I don't understand the hate it has right now. I think it's fantastic. Um, the style of me was amazing. The cinematography, the editing, oh, beautiful. Um, also, it's like three MCU people are in it, and also Fantastic Four and Miles Teller's in it. I think. My- no, no, Miles Teller's no, in sorry, it. No, sorry, no. Uh, uh, what's it? Toby Cabell. Toby Cabell, yeah. yeah. Uh, the, the greatest Doctor Doom of all time. Out of two, I'm going to say he's not the greatest Doctor Doom of all time. <laughs> he's He is a great actor, though. He was uh, the he did the performance mocap for... Um, uh, what's his name? Uh, in um, the Apes movies. Yeah. yeah. Um, ah, K, it starts with a K. I can't think of it. Anyway, um, he's good in it. Yeah. He's, he's a great actor. Fantastic yeah. Four was, a, was not good for anyone. And that was movie. 
lives. We'll eventually get to that probably at some point in this podcast, um, yes. but not today. So the DCOM, the Disney Channel original movie of this week. So for those who do not know, we watch one every week, going through all of them through history, through history and like from '97 through through now. Um, and this week we watch Halloween Town. I know it should have been a Halloween special. We're gonna do that for the sequels now. We're gonna watch them all around Halloween and do that as one like a few weeks around there. I think that'll be a better way to do that one. Um, yeah, and probably similarly with three of them. Yeah, and probably similarly with Christmas things. It'll be better to do it that way. Uh, so first things first, the plot, Josh. Explain some of this plot. So this movie centers on some kids. Um, one is I think. Uh, yes, a uh, 13-year-old girl, one's a uh, dweeby little brother that uh, reminded me way too much of myself at his age. Uh, then younger sister, the mom's like, Halloween is bad, don't go outside, don't go doing these things, you'll never understand, because I'm not going to explain to you yet. Uh, kids are like, but then grandma comes to visit, she's got candy, she's got a Mary Poppins bag that just never ends, and then they find out, oh, grandma's a witch, that's pretty neat. Uh, they follow her on this cool bus to take them to a place called Halloween Town, where like all sorts of manners of monsters and creatures and other things live. But some darkness, bad thing, is threatening to, I think, destroy. I'm honestly not really clear yeah. on that. Overall, that's the gist. Yeah. We go. We have three heroes. We're gonna call them that for now. Um, three kids. One's like I don't know five. How's the little girl? Sophie. She's like I think like I think like five. She's small. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> She's a small child. And then there's the dad's on the picture. They don't really, did they ever, ever explain that? The dad's not there. I think he just might be dead. dead. It's the typical Disney, like, cool. dead parent syndrome. Cool. Awesome. Love it. <laughs> um, <laughs> grandma's witchy. Um, and then they go to Magic Land. They go to Disney World. <laughs> yes. Um, I mean, it looks like it would be, like, a Disney, like, yeah, theme park. Yeah, it looks park. like a theme park. It looks more like a theme park than a movie at that point. Yeah. Um, and first off, I want to say some fun things that happened to you at the beginning. First off, no one would say ever say, let's skip this house. The beginning, there were like, yeah, there was like, like two kids who were looking at us like, hey, we'll go this one? Nah, let's go to a different one. You can at least knock on and try first. Yeah, like if I always on Halloween, like if the house had lights, I would go to check to see if there was candy or at least like the idiot people that would just leave the bowl and say, take one, please. Like no one ever listened to that. But yeah, that was like, that was, that was a weird line. You could have had a kid go up and knock and then no answer and walk away. And, mm. Like, guess I'm not here. Like, you'd have at least a better dumb line. Uh, also, the line from the girl, I'm 13 and practically a grown-up. I'm like, that's <laughs> an actual thing people say. And that was funny, but, like, it hurt to hear. I'm like, shush, girl, shush. Yeah, like, the whole time I was just like, man, was I really this dumb as a kid? Man, I, I really sympathize with the parents. This is showing my age, and I'm only 21. Yeah. Anyway, uh, the nerdy kids do not dress like that in life. No. Or speak like that. No. Um, there's a line he says later on, and I'll get to it soon, but it's just, that was so <laughs> stupid. Anyway, um, I'm going to say, honestly, I trust moms in situa situations like this because they generally probably just know more and care. Yeah. Like, at the beginning, like, this mom saying, Halloween's not a good time for us in this house. I'm like, okay, I believe her. <laughs> because no mom would say that. I feel like, hmm, with their dad mysteriously gone and their... If this, if this girl knows she's having weird things like deja vu all the time, weird things happening to her, and her mom's like, don't go out on Halloween, this creepy thing's happening, I'm going to be like, hmm, why? I might trust that a little bit. <laughs> Here's, I guess you're 13, must be a kid, like, as a list, as a viewer, I'm like, instantly, yeah, the parent's probably right. 
it's just it's it's always the mentality of kids at that age. It's just like ah, oh, the parents don't understand. And it's just like, but the parents were at that age. They do understand your mentality. It's just they're older. They're wiser. I guess quote unquote wiser. Some they are. have more experience. Or not. Not all uh, parents so, are great. Yeah. No. <laughs> Uh, but, yeah, this mom seems, like, obviously to know, like, what she's talking about, and, like, just stupid kids, listen to her. Here's a great quote. There are things about vegetables that you don't understand. Um, I love the sass on this, the kid, the 13-year-old. There are things about uh, vegetables you don't understand. Like, that was just, so many weird lines that were said, but with this, which, this which, strong sass. Yeah. Marnie, which, I think her name was? Yeah, Marnie, yeah. yeah. Um... Also, the line, trees are important too, you know. Loved it. Celebrate Arbor Day. <laughs> that that kid was, was great, but, like, the whole time I was just, like, this was me at his age. I was just, like, this super cynical person. I was just, like, ah, like, world stupid. It's just, like, ah, this is all hallucination. Yes. And just, like, all that is just, like, God, that was me at his I age. I understand trying to rationalize a situ situation like that. That's easier to do. Because, like, if you don't know the movie, the kid, uh, nerdier little brother... And when he was in Halloween Town, uh, was thinking, this isn't real, this isn't real, which, honestly, that makes a lot of sense. But I also feel like right. as a child, you might believe everything you're seeing in that kind of world. Uh, yeah. But who knows? I'm not that kid. Uh, I also wrote, this already seems like it will be the best of the three when I was watching it. Yeah. Seen so far. Um, what? Well, it's four of them, because there's um, this one, the second one, uh, Halloween no, Town no, High, I mean, and then Return no, to Halloween Town. Best of the three we've seen so far, DCOMs-wise. Oh, best. yeah, yeah, it, it easily is the best one. That being said, I was more engaged with you, Lucky Dog, still. Um, <laughs> dog they were, Man, they were amazing part, character. Yeah, Dog Man's great. Uh, there were parts in this that were just boring to me, though. I'm looking to that. Um, yeah. Uh, I want to say, <laughs> the line, I really want that cookie, and it just flew to her, made me really jealous, because I want to be able to do that. Uh, yeah. If there's one thing I can complain about is that the formatting of this on Disney Plus was really irritates me. I'm I'm a big proprietor of proper formatting of movies, and clearly this was made like in the four by three like box format, but they just and zoomed stretched. it in to yeah. probably full screen. You can so tell. just like all the characters like close up shots, like it's like so close to their face when that's clearly not how it was shot, and it irks me every time uh, people uh, companies do that to movies. It's just like it's widescreen, make it full screen. Doesn't matter. It's like no. It does matter. It was also definitely fuzzier. Um, oh yeah. That. Which I don't. I didn't hate that much. I actually had it in a bit of a smaller screen because I was taking notes in my computer on the other side. Like I had two windows up, so it wasn't a huge <laughs> deal to me. But I could definitely tell it was uh, some fun problems with that. I wrote down: Is there a grandma is a witch trope? Because it feels really familiar, but I can't think of any other examples. Yeah, like I feel. Because I know that like, I might have seen, like, bits and pieces of this as a kid, but I know I've seen, like, other things with, like, a grandma witch trope. I just don't know. I don't know what it would what. be. I yeah, exactly. It, I think it, well, there's actually Ben 10, uh, Alien Force. That, that's one example. That's yeah. A grandma witch. But other than that, I can't think of anything else. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Also, <laughs> the, uh, so one of the first things I looked up about this movie uh, was... Uh, Academy Award nominated actress Debbie Reynolds from Singing in the Rain plays the grandma in this and like I don't know how to respond to that like uh, that makes sense like the idea of higher actress, higher like status characters like actors not often do smaller like, kids roles because it's just fun and light and it's easy like George oh, yeah, Clooney no, I... in Spy Kids 
Yeah, no, I I get that, but like still, like it was just it like kind of threw me back because I was just like, this is like the first at least decom that I can think of that had like an Academy Award nominated actor. Now, of course, later on, Brian Cranston would star in a decom um, in a Christmas movie. Uh, way before Breaking Bad, before he got nominated for um, Oscars and stuff, and so that's just that's fun to think about. Yeah, I also think it's pretty funny because uh, I was watching BoJack Horseman yesterday, which I'm, I watched. I didn't realize how I started season two. I guess kind of kept watching. Mm-hmm. Um, and <laughs> there's uh, they mentioned the, a joke about let's make the Kurt Cameron show. I'm like, he's Dogman. Anyway, <laughs> that was pretty fun. Decoms are interesting. Now they have more references because of decoms. Yes, Marnie, you said. To her mom, you think you and grandma could not fight for once? That was hilarious. Mm-hmm. The sass on Marnie at 13 years old, just it was perfect. Also, because John Lennon once said, 13 year olds are the worst, and it just it felt it. It was so true. Uh-huh. She uh, felt like the stereotypical eighth grader. I loved it. Yeah. Uh, when, their, when their grandma is uh, telling them the story of Halloween Town, um, she says something like, most magical place on earth or something like that. And little brother goes, Cleveland? Just like, I, I how do you too. think that Cleveland is the most magical place on earth with like variety of like characters and stuff? Like, what what have you been like, like researching? Cleveland. Um, that's great. Uh, I also wrote hieroglyphics aren't witchy. That's like seeing someone write Spanish and say it's demonic. Yeah. <laughs> like, sus, I'm like, oh look, it's it's a, a language. <laughs> what? Also, I love the mom made a big deal about like uh, dinner's right. You can't have cookies or anything like that. Grandma shows up, gives them candy, then they just don't have dinner. It's just like, well, what about eating the food that I you made and make that. a big deal about desserts? That's better though than the trope of like people like sit on eat whole dinner, they have a small fight and they just don't eat any of the food. Like get up. Yeah, I hate that. There's a moment. Oh, the nerdy kid said encouragement, not good. <laughs> that was what. <laughs> One of my favorite quotes of his is, uh, "It proves insanity is hereditary, and I just hope that boys are immune." Right. Like, that's- that's great. I, I love this kid. Like, that this remind- character, is go- he's going to be the next John Mulaney. He reminded me of, uh, remind me of in Brink, um, when the dad said, uh, look at her, she's normal. Yeah. It was the same kind of <laughs> she's, thing. Mis- she's miserable, that's how she's supposed to be. Also, when the nerdy kid said, I think I'm a big pimple. What was he actually supposed to be? I don't know. A minotaur? A satyr? Was he supposed to be Satan or something? I couldn't tell. Some kind of creature? I don't know. Because I was, I'm like, this looks... Vaguely like a minotaur, like a satyr kind of thing, but yeah, I don't know. Also, right down in all caps, Gwen is the mom's name. There's some Gwen Tennyson parallels here. <laughs> uh, uh, did you notice when they got to Halloween Town, the giant jack o' lantern? Um, it said Halloween Town established a long time ago, like that killed me. <laughs> I love that. I did not see that. It, it literally just said Halloween Town established a long time ago, like. Yeah. I don't know if they were just lazy or if that was purposeful, but either way, I loved it. That's great. There were some weird moments in this movie. Yeah. The picture in the book literally felt like a generic teenage brunette face. Like, I wouldn't tell immediately it's the young girl at all. Yeah, no. Also, why would why would it be her in the first place? Like, this isn't like a prophecy kind of book. It's just a book. Well, I feel like... like I got the vibe that she made it on the spot. Ah, uh, yeah, or that like, would make more sense. Like, like constructed, like, or... Maybe I had, had the book that she just kind of just made the pictures look like them. You know what I mean? That kind of thing. Yeah. With magic, with very vague soft magic, not at all like hard system for anything. Mm-hmm. Um, when when the grandma like uh, first pulled out like her bag and like you know it was the infinite kind of thing like Mary Poppins, I was just like, is this like Mary Poppins like evil twin sister that she just doesn't like to talk about? Yeah, that was a. I also remember her money bag, same thing. Oh um, uh, yeah, that too. Oh, when the nerdy kid said it must be one of those radio control models for the bag. 
Yeah. It reminds me. Just like. Go on. Go on. Okay. Have you seen Mac and Me? There's a movie uh, no, from the like, 80s called Mac and Me. It's a giant McDonald's ad. It was mixed with E.T. Um, and basically, there's a line It's like about a teddy bear moving. It's like, oh, it's like one of those you know, microchip ones. He, you know. <laughs> what? <laughs> I, oh, love, I love when kids try and see random jargon make something make sense. That's great. Yeah. How did they sneak onto the bus? They did not make sense. It was a moving yeah, bus I they just it... walked on. It was the back of the bus, and I think it was before, like, it started moving. Because at first I thought they had just, like, gone in, like, you know, through, like, the normal door, and, like, the bus driver just, like, didn't care. But then, like, they're, like, right behind, like, the grandma in the back, so then I was just like, oh, it's the back of the bus. You right. could have shown that a bit better. I get that, but it's moving. <laughs> you just open the door. It's also a locked door, usually. Yeah, and or it's either locked or it would have an alarm on it, but this was the late 90s, and safety was not really a priority then. Uh, I laughed so hard at the line, the headless shelter. Yeah, I loved that. Uh, they, I love puns, but like that's a really good dumb pun. Yeah, like honestly, like this, like the writing and stuff, like is not that bad. I think that if like Disney had actually given us like an actual like full film like budget and like right? send to theaters, like it would be pretty decent. Like it's it's not bad, but like I think like with a bigger budget, you can get like better effects, better sets, and things like that, and be able to go do these crazy things that the movie wants to do but can't really do a whole lot and like it would be it'd be like as talked about as like hocus pocus is right um when sophie showed up in halloween town with them like the little, the little girl those who don't see the movie there's like again three kids the little one mm -hmm. the five-year-old the nerdy boy and a uh, 13 year old uh sassy girl uh when the little girl showed up in halloween town like after the two other ones did uh nerdy boy said careful she could be a mirage how did that make any sense like also it is a hallucination or like a trick Mirage specifically, like caused from heat exhaustion. <laughs> You're not in the desert. You are on a, ba a studio back lot. <laughs> uh, also, Sophie saying she followed them was not enough of an explanation. I needed more from that. No. Uh, she said like, oh, I was pretending to sleep, but also like, you know, like they were waiting by the bus stop for like a good solid few minutes. Like, what were you doing? I want to see a whole movie just her just traveling. Like, be great. Um, yeah, because how'd she, how'd she sneak on the bus without them noticing? Because they were at the very back of the bus, like, right next to the door. So, well, like, how'd they not see her? She's mad. Was she just dangling from the bus while it was flying through the yes, sky? Yes, Toy Story style. <laughs> um, also, the uh, the cab said, psychic cab. What did that? What does that mean? Because <laughs> it's a skeleton that drives it, but he doesn't, like, read their mind or tell them their fortune or anything like that. So what, what what's the point? Um, also, the little girl said, are you cooking chowder, Grandma? I like chowder. What was that line? <laughs> Oh, before they get into her house, because uh, it's locked, um, like, there's a big gate and it's locked, the lo the brother just goes up, touches the lock, says, well, it's locked, okay, time to go home, and just walks away. Like, I love that. That was great. <laughs> he was so, um, he might be, he's a trope, like, obviously, like, the nerdy, like, shy trope of a lot of kids' yeah. characters. Um, and I was fine. He didn't have any lines that didn't look like it came from a computer. Yeah. But honestly, like it, it worked for me because I, because I remember being like that at that age, and like him and like his sister, the sassy sisters, like their relationship, like it did feel like it was like a real brother sister yeah. uh, kind of relationship. Then there's Sophie, or the American there's <laughs> Soapy. And nah. Also, not a really good, weird. not a good joke. No. But the, Sophie did not belong in this family. <laughs> she is no. so weird and random. Also, the line that's what I get for trying to use instant. When she, when the grandma's cooking the uh -huh. recipe for the magic staff, 
if you're in this movie, we're sounding like nonsense right now. There's a point in this movie where a grandma is trying to cook. Hold on. She has a magic staff with a ball in it. And she went to get to work. She said, I'm just going to fill it up and hope that light goes on. <laughs> All right. I need more information, please. Then she makes she a sticks it in her magic. She sticks it in her magic uh, witch microwave with buttons that says bubble, bubble, toil, and trouble. Yeah, and really I funny. love that. Which, if there's two things called bubble, not a great microwave. But she made this brew for it, like this potion thing. And she said it didn't work. She's like, that's what I get from trying to use it instant. Ugh. And like, I'm like, <laughs> half an hour and I can tell I would already love this movie as a kid. Like if I watched oh, yeah. it. Also, I wrote down right around then, like half an hour and when we first saw the mayor, mayor is sus. Oh yeah, easily. And like it's it's not that well. Right away. Also, one of my favorite, uh, one of my favorite uh, gags was uh, when the kids like uh, leave to go to Halloween Town. Their mom's just like watching infomercials, um, and then like you know we cut back to her like it's probably been like a few hours. She's still watching the infomercials. Like, is there no good programming on Halloween night? Like, uh, what are you doing? <laughs> well, she probably is trying to avoid all the Halloween stuff on her TV. But still, there's, like, news and other boring things you could watch. Why the infomercials? <laughs> I think from a production standpoint, the idea behind that would be just, let's put on something that isn't Halloween-related that would be on TV and not use an actual TV show because that's copyright effort and news the same, same way. Also, I wrote, once again, I love the extras in this because extras are always hilarious to watch in, the, in any, like, low-budget movie. Yeah. Always watch extras. And the broom salesman, specifically. Was, what? What was that? His like, costume? Was it an Elvis impression? His entire outfit was... Uh, I want it. It's so dumb. <laughs> like, if I could go for... Hel I, I love obscure Halloween costumes. So if we went as the, the broom salesman from Halloween... <laughs> that would be the most obscure. I love it. Also, the Dark Shadow Man reminded me of Palpatine mixed with the villain from Scooby-Doo 2. Mm -hmm. uh, it was like, People of Ghoulsville! Yeah. Behold, I have a weird chrome mask and spiky hair. Ah! That was, it was very much that ambiance of Scooby-Doo 2, uh, Monsters Unleashed villain, who, tw plot twist, isn't the dude. Um, wow. That's a movie we need to talk about. I love those movies. They're so weird. Uh, yeah, it was very, the, also, vague powers. Yeah, like, that, and that's probably one of the biggest problems, is it's, like, the, his powers are very vague, and then, like, his motivations are also, like, vague to basically non-existent, because just, like, wh what exactly is he doing? Like, I, I don't, I didn't understand. At one point, I thought it was, like, trapping the members of Halloween Town, but why would you want to trap, it didn't, nothing made sense with this character. Yeah. The threat did not feel real at all. I didn't get any no. sense of danger, or even, like, time, like, like, a, like, it had to be done now. Yeah. They were kind of walking around, wandering around, like, what is happening? Yeah, like, yeah, just, yeah. <laughs> and to prove that point more, there's a line at the ground that says, as she's, like, freezing, she says, go! It's just an evil spell that freezes us. That is an exact quote. Go, yeah. go! It's just an evil spell that freezes us. What was I, just, I have, right before this scene, I forgot I wrote this quote down. This is from the, like, little girl. She says, Grandma's going somewhere with the wiener, dude. <laughs> what? I did not catch that. I got it. Uh, I I don't remember why it was said, but it was just like this like dorky kid that was said like I'm the big cheese around here, so I don't know where the girl got the wiener dude from, but it's really funny for all the wrong reasons. Uh, the middle section of the movie where the kids just wandering around Halloween Town seeing the weird animal people was pretty boring. Uh, yeah, I was just like, is this the furry section of the movie? Like, what's happening here? And when they saw the ghost man, I don't I don't even know why they needed a ghost. It was not clear to me what needed to be happen. 
Uh, yeah, and he also talked about like Hades. It's just like, okay, what exactly is the... so hell exists in this world now? This just makes things way more confusing. Yeah, but the ghost man was the large man painted white with yeah. low opacity. Yeah, it was and that great. Was the main... It's like, let's just paint this. Let's... Hey, Brian, want to get painted? Sure. <laughs> it was just like, <laughs> what? I like the skeleton, like the way it was formed, like production wise. The skeleton mm -hmm. car man, the cool, I like the folding, the emotions in the bones. Didn't make sense, but yeah. it was fun. Yeah, Almost, like, that, yeah. the effects of that were pretty uh, decent. But right off that back, there's a normal dog sitting in Halloween Town. With no owner, just a dog chilling. And it felt the most out of place thing in the entire movie of, Hey, look, it's dog! Go get it, Bone! What? There's a moment in yeah. the movie where the dog, to get the grip of this, the skeleton man's evil in the cab. They're trying to get the kids. And to get, to get free... She, the little girl Sophie sees the dog just sitting down, like, look, go get the bone! And that frees the nerdy boy from the skeleton. I don't understand that scene at all. Because why was there a dog there? What happened? What was the motivation behind any of the things that happened? There's no motivations in the movie. None. No. It's just fun to look at and fun. It's a theme park. Mm -hmm. This is what Scorsese meant! It's not cinema, it's a theme park ride. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. I also realized that the girl in the book at the beginning was probably meant to be actually an older version of Sophie instead, because she's more magical. That is true. Like, I hope that in one of the sequels, it's just, like, the two sisters fighting about, like, you know, like, who gets to be the witch of the family. That's not a thing, but, like, that just seems more entertaining to me. I also wrote down, later on, I wrote down, I called it Mayor Was Sus, and that's important to me. I was right. <laughs> Yeah, like, when, when the when the whole final thing is happening, um, and, like, you know, she's trying to, like, use the staff with the ball to defeat them, I was, I just wrote, at least they're not using the power of friendship to make it work, but then, like, you know, the whole family comes together and just starts humming to defeat the bad guy, and that works, and I was just like, well, this was written in maybe, like, 20 seconds, also, what is this? Why did Guardians of the Galaxy steal that scene? Yes, but Guardians of the Galaxy didn't hum while no, it was know. happening. I know, I was making a joke about that, but uh, <laughs> why did, uh, when the bro, the little nerdy boy, when he got his powers, why did his hand start sparkling? Didn't have anyone else. Because um, he's a dude, and dudes yeah. sparkle. We're going Twilight logic on this. I love that the grandma was named Agatha. I don't know if you caught that. Because yeah. Ag Agatha all along. Um, of course. The mayor just stood there laughing while they held hands humming. He just stood there. I mean, there I would... I mean, if you laughing. were in his... If you were in his shoes and you saw that, I think you'd be laughing too. No, I just use the powers then. Like I do my my plan then. I'd I'd laugh first, then I would try to kill them. Uh, when all the townsfolk came to hug them, why didn't they help? <laughs> they just yeah, it's there just like watching them hum. Like you're all like you know, matter of monsters and creatures and stuff. Like you could take this, you could take him down very easily. Like what is this? Finally, what my last note is: Aurora Borealis in his fingers. WDF. <laughs> This kid said, yeah. when he got sparkly, and the boy, the nerdy kid, got sparkly fingers, because he naturally, of course, that had to happen when he got powers. So he had to show that, they had one to visually show that he got powers, so he made his hand sparkle. And when he, when he got his magic, he said, it must be the static electricity, or, you know, Aurora Borealis, I read in my book. What? what? It's in the sky, sir! It's in the poles, too! I think it was the most yeah. fun one to, No. I think it was no. the highest quality one to watch. The most fun one is still to watch, probably you lucky dog to me. Yeah, like, cause, yeah, because that's my thinking, because just, like, they did a pretty good job uh, with this one, but as you said, like, it gets very boring around the middle, then the end is just kind of nonsense, but not in a good way. 
like uh brink is just like your very stereotypical like don't sell out bro kind of movie then you lucky dog is just i don't know what it is but it's amazing the other two movies we watched before had more of a plot yeah this is kind of just meandered around showing us their fun set and that's great like that, that if that's what we want to do that's awesome i i enjoyed the movie overall i think it was for what it was i think it did a good job i'm gonna yeah. give us a yay overall yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna give it a yay overall. Like whenever I have kids, like I'll show this I'll show this to them at a young age. Just like you know, kind of a fun Halloween movie to put on. Right. But like, yeah, it's nothing incredible. I yeah, it's not. I don't think it's amazing. I think it's fun. I think it serves its purpose well. And I think I would watch it again. Like if I had kids, I'd watch that with my with them. And it's really cute. Like it's adorable. Mm -hmm. There's no malice in this. There's no real threat or evil or anything. Yeah, no. But it's one that I can watch again in the future at some point. I probably wouldn't watch You Lucky Dog and Brink again. Any, I'd probably watch this sooner than I would watch those again. I would, I would only watch those other ones if I was like showing them to someone, just saying, "Look at the insanity." Of I these agree movies. with that. But I'm saying, in terms of chances of me watching this again, it's probably higher up on that list because of just in life, I might, I might watch this again because of if I have a kid or something like that. I don't know if I'm gonna show You Lucky Dog and Brink to my kids if I ever have kids. <laughs> <laughs> because there's no there, there's nothing to it really yeah this is just cute and they'll love the, they'll if you ever have children they will love these these characters i don't know if the kids would like the kids in brink or they like the kids no. or the characters in lucky dog because the characters in lucky no, dog they... aren't relatable or interesting i think they'd be frightened by you lucky dog seeing just dog man just like go crazy it's just like mommy i'm scared it's like yes little timmy you should be scared now on the note of frightening horrible horrible horrifying scary things we are now half an hour into the podcast and we are starting our main segment of a quiet place part dose do you, do you want me do you want me to start on this being very quiet it's a quiet place. Uh, is, is, is this the asmr time no 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 no, no. um <laughs> first off i'll call this part two yay or nay overall uh hi hi yay for me hi yay hey yeah uh hi -ya! yeah that's a that's a yay i'm gonna watch that again soon very very soon. yeah we i think we both loved it simple as that yeah uh easily uh do we want to do we want to like do like non-spoilers first yes. and get into which is spoilers? very hard to do because there's, there's it's hard to not you, guys, you can't, can't talk about this one without talking about it spoiling like stuff that happened in the first one um yes yeah, so this will be the non-spoilers for this it will have spoilers for a quiet place part one so if you there's timestamps always in the description of these episodes so you can skip ahead different parts you want to see so you can skip ahead of the news segment after this point. If you don't have seen the movie yet, come back and watch this or listen to this after you've seen the movie. So but we highly recommend you see the movie. Yes. Actually, also, you can watch this one on its own. I saw I looked at this. If you didn't want to see the first one, you can still watch and enjoy this movie on its own. Yeah, it gives you enough context to, like, certain things that you'll be like, oh, okay, I, under I understand. But, like, you'll be more emotionally invested if you see the first one as well. Right, because there's things like they walk past the the rocket ship toy yeah it's like oh <laughs> that's, that's yeah. a, it's a small oh moment that's it blink and you miss it kind of moment mm -hmm. there's a lot of things like that this movie very much mirrors the first one in a lot of ways and that's not yeah. a bad thing it's not a copy it's not it's a good sequel yeah and that that's what i was really worried about because like when the first one came out it was a huge hit paramount wanted uh john krasinski to make a sequel but he was just like I'm not really sure. I don't want this to be like, you know, a big franchise kind of thing. If I'm going to make a sequel, I want to do it with a good idea. So they actually let him like, you know, come up with a good idea. They didn't just say, no, you're not going to do it. We're just going to hire someone else to make something. They actually gave him time and he 
he was the sole writer of this movie and he did a really good job and i thought his idea for a sequel was actually a great way to continue the story also really really proves his writing chops because in the first movie oh, yeah. he had a draft of a script first then he rewrote part, a lot of it he didn't like rewrite, yeah. he made the whole thing from scratch he had a, a spec script he took in the first movie and was handed to it and said that he can direct it and then he decided to rewrite a lot of it too which is great it worked really well but mm -hmm. showing that going from scratch well, kind of okay you still have a basis for for first movie but going from that and making a, a sequel and making it equally or better like it's around that range in the first mm -hmm. movie that's really impressive to do yeah especially he's not like a, he's not a writer really like he's not like i mean he is now but he wasn't really a writer or director before this he, he he had directed uh two other movies before this i think they were both kind of uh rom-coms uh, right as for writing i'm not sure what else he wrote he i think probably he wrote, wrote a movie a with Matt uh Probably. i'm looking it up now no uh, we're, we're gonna written... go with it we're gonna go with it moving forward <laughs> no wait I found, I found it uh his first movie he directed he had written the screenplay and then uh there's another movie before quiet place called promised land that he wrote with matt damon of all people uh have not seen the movie don't know but i think that this movie really shows how not just how good of a writer he is but how good of a director he is yeah it's it's great on directing, though, there's a few things I had, a few things I loved, a few things I didn't like so much. On directing, like, like style-wise and, like, editing-wise and stuff. But that's not, like, a doesn't destroy the movie in any way. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know where I begin. This non-spoilery, great performances. Oh, e easily. Every, every single person in this movie was fantastic. Just, they're so good. I, I love this movie. Uh, I want to say that the deaf actress who played the young deaf girl killed this role. Oh, she is amazing in this. Like, they were, everyone was great in the first one. Like, this is, like, it showed how great these children really are in this movie. Yeah. Yeah, Millicent Simmons uh, was the daughter, and then Noah Jupe uh, was the son. And Noah's been in a lot of big Hollywood movies. Um, he's been in uh, Wonder, um, Ford vs. Ferrari, and probably still my favorite role of his, uh, Honey Boy, where he plays a young Shia LaBeouf. But that was everyone him? in this movie is great. Oh, I see yeah, it now. him. Yep, now you see it. Okay, yep, great actor already. Um, but anyway, this movie is great. I'm trying to think of what else I can say non-spoilery. There's more we can say. Uh, they do a good job with the aliens. Yeah. Of They make them... It's not just relying on what we saw at the end of the last movie. There's mm -hmm. more to it. Yeah. Um, they make what happened with some of the characters, the first one who aren't around anymore. <laughs> um... <laughs> <laughs> they make what happened to that worth it, I guess. Yeah, we put it because I think a lot of a big part of this film is the kids uh, coming into their own and like because like the son uh, from the first movie he's been like you know terrified of going out in the real world for obvious reasons um, and like to see him like you know grow uh, throughout this uh, was great to see and then uh, the daughter as well uh, just to see her arc from the first one through this one um, especially uh, was really awesome I loved it I love they showed the nail again on the step yeah <laughs> that's that scene give me more anxiety oh when we get into spoilers also that, that, continuity. i think i think you know that one thing yeah but continuity wise they do a great job with like the band oh, so bandages still on the fact like the house is burning there's like all great things that are like oh yeah that happened yeah <laughs> they remind you of things without like telling you they just show you things that are like oh yep never forgot about that yeah then you see you can see like the silo with like the giant uh hole in it like it's it's great um, I think we have to get into spoilers pretty fast because it's gonna get really hard. Yeah. So if you so, are, so... <laughs> if you have not seen the movie yet, you can leave this point and come back 
the next when you've seen it or go to another timestamp and watch the news part. Yeah. Okay. Oh my god, I loved it. Oh my god, it was so <laughs> good. So good. <laughs> but first off, Killian freaking Murphy, the actor who plays Emmett in this, is amazing. He had one he scene where he was kind of just mumbling. I don't remember what he said at one point. But uh, he, he was so good in this. Oh, there's something I meant to say in the non-spoilers. That, whatever, it's whatever in spoiler territory now. Too late. <laughs> Too late. I'm saying it now. So, <laughs> I watched this movie with half of my head clogged. Okay, hold on. <laughs> so, I had, I was at the beach that day, and the river before. I had water in my ear. So my left ear, I could only partially hear out of. And it was like on and off pain and on and off ringing in my left ear while I was watching the movie. So when it was dead silent, when we were at, in the deaf perspective, I had mm-hmm. a slight ringing like tonight I in my ear. And that was really weird. Uh-huh. It, I think it kind of enhanced my viewing of this movie a little bit. Uh-huh. Because yeah. I felt at a disadvantage at some point. It's like, wait, I didn't hear that right. What's happening? I'm like, that's cool. I mean, it's, uh-huh. it sucks. But like, that was really cool. Yeah. Like my, also, my ears are fine now. I got, like, with the doctor, everything's fine. Um, but that was, like, really interesting. Uh, first off, they show day one, which is amazing. I, I love That's, that. That was that was great. I told you before, I didn't want a sequel. I wanted to show, see day one through day 89. Because mm-hmm. the first movie is t- starts on day 90. I really wanted to see the first 89 days. We didn't really mm-hmm. get that, but we got day one. And I, I, it was cool. Yeah, I th- I think showing day one, uh, I thought that was uh, great. Um, I loved seeing it, um, and I also loved that, that like they st- they didn't know like you know it was sound or anything, but like when like um, Lee and uh, his daughter they're like ducking in like this like restaurant with a bunch of other people and like he's shushing people. It's more just kind of like out of necessity, just like you know don't let them hear you because like they don't know that it's sound. And it's just like shut up or they're gonna hear that we're in here, and then like you know it ha- shit hits the fan. But like you know it's it's still a great scene. I also absolutely love that. Obviously, you should shush. Like, why didn't? Why were they talking? Yeah. About calling them. That was so dumb. Yeah. Uh, I get calling your mom. That one I get. But like past that point, once they're off the phone, stop. Yeah. Or like the the guy that was like uh like quietly praying to himself and That's then like Roger uh, named they called him Raj. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. He was he was great. Um, I did. I have a a small problem that it did. They fell into a racist trope. I didn't like for horror movies. Uh, the the black guy dying. Always, there were three times. Yep. I thought, it, yep. it was right away. <laughs> the, 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 there were two like young teenagers ish in the first, and like there was any Lee's in a cafe, no pharmacy, uh, something like that. He's, and he's ducked in. He's, he's ducked in a place with a lot of people. Right, and the side there's on the away from him. There are two black actors characters, um, and they are the first ones to die. Who uh, first characters who have lines or say something or have a name. Because they're probably they're obviously death like scattered like characters, but like the first people we actually see who speak something and have a slight meaning that you're trying to get attached to. Mm-hmm. Um, I say trying to get attached to very loosely. Like the first people who talk and that yeah, who talk who die are two mm-hmm. black characters, and that's dumb. And then, of course, there's the black cop we see who also was in Hamilton. He played oh, Hercules. What? He was he played Hercules Mulligan in Hamilton. Whoa, that's cool. In the original cast, yeah. When the black cop also immediately died, I'm like, okay, awesome. And then, at the, <laughs> the end of the movie, it happened again. The, the first black character we attached to in this new place also died. And then was just, yeah. what? Why? And that was so baffling to me. Like, why did that, I, ha- why did that happen? I, I do not think that it was intentional, but, no. it, but it just it happened. And it's just like, oh, 
well, crap. And if you're aware of the trope, you notice it immediately. I, I noticed it immediately, especially especially when he the guy died uh, at the end. I was just like, ah, uh, dang it, they really fell for that trope. Three times. Anyway, overall, though, great film. I, I had a problem with the same scene, of the, not the exact same scene, in that pharmacy when he's talking to Roger, who's, like, working the pharmacy, Lee, mm-hmm. um, during day one, he's talking to Roger, and they have a weird rack focus, which is when, if you don't know about filmmaking, it's when you... Um, shift the focus from the things closer to the camera to things behind the ca- far away from the camera or back and forth to mm-hmm. change what the audience is, is supposed to be uh, having their perspective with. Mm-hmm. And they hold on Roger, either Roger or Lee. There's one in front, one in behind. They hold on one of them way too long before they flip, and it really mm-hmm. bothered me. It's like our focus should be shifting at this point. And it's the thing I'm looking at now is blurry. Fix that, please. And I was... My one real gripe with the own editing and cinematography and anything. That, that's about it. That. So if I finally have one technical issue with the film, that's not a big problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I didn't really uh, notice that. I'll probably notice it now uh, on my... Sorry. <laughs> but there, there's one thing that this movie, like the first one, did really well is the use of Chekhov's gun. And what that is, for people that don't know, it's yes. when a filmmaker makes obvious of something that right now doesn't really have much importance, but later on it will. There in are a lot of instances of that here in this movie and it is done really, yeah. really well. Like um, like when uh, Emmett asks uh, Reagan at the baseball game uh, what the uh, sign is for uh, diving, and then later on in a scene, um, where they're on a pier, uh, he signals to her the sign for dive. Wait, um, wait. I, and... I thought she said die at the beginning. No, 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 no. Dive, I was so D-I-V-E. So when he did the sign later, I'm like, when did he, when did he learn that? He, he learned that at the baseball game at the beginning because uh, one of the players didn't dive uh, for the base, so he he asked her uh, what the sign was for that. That's and then great. It, yeah. Yep. Okay, I didn't pick that up because I didn't... I, I guess it might, be also, it might have been my ear, but... It could have been. Yeah, it might have been my ear, but I couldn't understand that it was dive, not die. And that's pretty funny because that does change up in the movie there. Uh, so there's a line that Emmett says to, uh, I'm going to call her Emily. <laughs> Emily Blunt's character. I don't know her name. Um, uh, Evelyn. Evelyn. So E. When the line is say to, when Emmett says to her, basically, most people aren't worth saving because I've seen what people become. I've seen, I've seen what they mm-hmm. become. And that line, when I hear, whenever I hear in any apocalypse kind of thing, I see what they, be, what they become. I'm like, okay, we're gonna have like Marauder or like deformed people or whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm like, yep. Yeah, I'm like, when is, when is it gonna happen? I was waiting for someone deformed or crazy to show up, like Bird Box uh-huh. style. Uh-huh. Oh, Bird Box. <laughs> Which also, the sanctuary part of this reminds me of the Bird Box thing, but then they avoided that very fast. Yeah, <laughs> which which honestly like kind of made me happy. Uh, but it's again like it really helps build on this world because like you don't really think about that because like you think of like you know in the moment. But like you know there's got to be like tons of like islands and stuff out there where this stuff has like not affected them at all. So it's like they're either like oblivious to it or they know what it's happening, but they're safe, so they're fine. Um, and to actually like see that, I was just like, ah, oh, that's pretty cool. So on the note I just said, and then on the note you just said, first off uh, about the Marauders, there are a group of people who are gone kind of mad or and i don't even think they've gone mad i think they're just protecting their own i think that's I think, literally I think, all it is 
I think they're protecting their own, but, like, from the way that they looked, I think there's some kind of, like, thing that's happening to them, and if, like, it could be, like, they've gone, like, cannibalistic because, like, you know, a lack of being able to, like, hunt and things like that, so, and, like, that could, like, deform them right. uh, in some sort of way, so that could be what was happening. My thought was maybe they were survivors of attacks as well. That could also be that, too. Um, or, like, have gone scraped but not fully dead or something, you know, and then yeah. had, like, we don't, we don't know what these creatures actually do to you necessarily mm -hmm. we say a lot we saw a lot more bodies in this movie a, there's a lot more death in this movie um, like this is pg-13 but like i'm kind of surprised with how much they were able to get away with in terms of violence because like I, it can get pretty dark i think if they killed the baby would have been r that's what i yeah i would have been the instant r um but but like the the first thing that I was just like I can't believe they were able to do that was when they were uh, had triggered the sound trap um, when they were running through the town and then the and then um, uh, the boy uh, like steps into a bear trap and like that that whole scene I was just like ah, ah no ah like yeah. it was ah so, so you are, good. If you're still here and you have not seen the movie which is, you should have seen the movie at this point there's a yeah there's a scene where they are running uh, they, they all leave their home they all left. Mm -hmm. Because they don't have a home really anymore. It's destroyed. Yeah, because Lee, Lee's kind of dead, and, like, the home's kind of destroyed, so it's just like, well, it's kind of, it would suck a lot to stay here. And they move on, and they go to this place, this, they try and find a new place, they try and find where the smoke signal was coming from, the past movie, and in this one, and that was mm -hmm. to Killian Murphy's character, who mm -hmm. hates people. Um, yeah. Which is <laughs> fair. And so they go there, and instantly the little boy, I don't remember his name, steps in a bear trap, and it's it's graphic <laughs> so yeah. it um it's great i i loved every character in this yeah i, I jamon hoons i don't have his name the actor jamon, on, yeah dj imon hunson i don't i look at how i look up how around no he was, i won't he was we'll learn eventually I, yeah he's also in guardians of the galaxy and he's an aquaman he's in, he's in a lot of super movies mm -hmm. but he is an actor i always recognize instantly but I shouldn't because he's not huge in anything. Yeah, <laughs> um, he does great. Like, he did far as well. I, it's sad that you realize that his kids are probably gonna die too. Like everyone on the island is dead. Yeah, <laughs> like well, pretty pretty much. Not, well, not entirely because because there was only one of them that made it there. And yes, people did die, but I think that enough people survived. I hope at least. <laughs> See now, I actually wouldn't mind a part three now. Yeah, because I, at first I was skeptical of part two, but now I'm like, yeah. okay, you can continue this. Yeah, I'm because it it leaves it off in a way. Well, I guess because we're already spoiling yeah. it, so I guess yeah. I guess we'll spoil the ending. Um, there's kind of like this like uh like the Last of Us kind of vibe between uh Killing Murphy's character and Millicent's character of just kind of like getting uh, to the island to find this signal of uh of because there could be survivors. And in the first movie, Millicent was able to figure out uh, through her um. Um, what's the, what's the thing? Aid? I can't think of the name. Hearing aid, yes. Uh, her dad had created a hearing aid to try to help her hear, but it didn't work. But it did send off a signal to kill the mon that can weaken and kill the monsters. Um, so if they're able to find that signal, then they could broadcast that signal everywhere so that people could like realize that like, oh, we can actually fight back against right. the aliens now. I love the um, end. Sorry, you on? Oh no, go, go ahead. I love the ending. Had very Stranger Things vibes. You can even lighting and everything like the kids, the kids <laughs> moving forward. The mirroring. I love that there was two main combats yeah. happening, of uh, Elizabeth, no, Elizabeth, um, Emily Blunt, um, and <laughs> and uh, Honey Boy, um, and they were at in this like oil tanker, which is 
really cool. I also love that in there, you know, mm. oxygen wise, you can't breathe in there for too long because it's an oil tanker. I did. I didn't even register that at first, cause like, uh, cause when they first go into Kellyan, uh, like it's keeping timer. time. I thought he was, I thought he was just waiting for like uh, the monster no, no, no. away, cause he, yeah, I didn't realize that you had like limited amount of oxygen in there. How fast did you realize that in the movie? It what it wasn't until um the the son uh got himself locked in there, cause before right. um, Killian had like a towel in place to keep it from locking, but because he was running in there away from one of the aliens, he had locked himself in there and couldn't get back out. Right. And then like you no, know, he was having trouble breathing, and then I was just like, oh, did you think the towel there's was no for sound oxygen then? in there? I thought that it was just so that well, because I registered they'd be able to get locked in there, but I knew the whole time that it was soundproof. I right. didn't register that there was lack of oxygen in there. Right. So, I got it a some point. I don't remember how, timeline wise, but pretty early on, I'm like timer. Like, what's the timer? I kept asking myself, what's the timer for? I'm like, wait, because it happened when there wasn't anything around there either much. So I thought to myself, <laughs> okay. Oh, oil. You can't bring. That. I'm like, okay, made sense. But anyway, so the weakness in the movie. There was two conflicts. There was the main comic on the island, the main comic with them in the tanker trying to both survive. Mm -hmm. And these kids taking charge was so cool mirrored. I loved it. I loved it. The The slicing of the head versus the gunshot was so perfect. Mm -hmm. um, I, I, everyone's great. Just watch this movie. I mean, you probably have your listening right now. It's fantastic. If you're at this point still watching and you're convinced and you don't care about spoilers, go see it. Because if nothing else, the visuals and the storytelling and the performances are amazing. Like, like if you're someone that like doesn't really like horror movies, uh, this these films are ones that I would highly recommend you check out because it's more about the family and the relationships and how they evolve uh, through this horrible situation that they find themselves in and just their will to survive. But like if you it like is... horror, it's still great. Oh yeah, easily. Like the tension in these films is so good. It's so much better than like ninety five percent of horror movies that have come out, and I still stand by that. Then it just drove a boat. <laughs> yeah. Which is well, terrifying. Drive... Well, it didn't drive a boat. No, but I know. It, like... it paddled but probably it... and stuff. Like, that was... It must have, like, it must have, like, uh, already, like, been inside of the boat or something. Yeah. That we just didn't see. It was cool. Clever. We, for timeline-wise, we have to stop talking about this because we can talk forever. Um, yeah. Great movie. Please watch it. Like, highly you, recommend. If you have seen it. In... Yeah. You actually, you've seen it. Peter, you've all seen it. If you're fully vaccinated, if you feel safe, go see it in the theater. If you don't feel safe, watch it when it comes out, and you can. Um, safety first. Okay, so next up we have also also yay across the board yay. Just, yes. Yeah. Hi yay. Hi, hi yay. Um, <laughs> I think now if you have a super high yay, it has to be hi ya. Hi ya. Uh, <laughs> next up for news, of course, do 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 news time. Knives out two casting, Josh. <laughs> yay! More. Uh. Joining an already packed cast, we have Kate Hudson joining, who I have literally I looked it up. I've seen one thing ever, and that was the movie Clear History, and I don't remember anything about her in it, of the character. I don't think I've seen her or anything, but I have heard she's a good actress, so, so I'll give it, give it a, a yay. I'll still give it a, but no, we still have to give it a nay, no, because great. it's a Netflix, Netflix movie. movie. Yep. <laughs> anyway, moving on. Cool, more actors and actresses. Love it. Join, join it. That's awesome. Yes. Next up, we have from Collider and on many other sources, DC is making an animated Injustice movie. And they said, so you can finally watch an evil Superman movie. We've gotten that. <laughs> we've gotten it not just in movies, but we've gotten it in multiple so shows now. We've gotten Brightburn and The Boys and Omni-Man and Invincible, and we've gotten it in 
uh, what did BVS <laughs> Snyder like, Cut? It's, like it's not the it's not new anymore. I don't want this movie anymore. Like I don't care anymore. Like I would. I, I still do. I'm giving this a nay because we've already seen it. We've been or we've gotten teases of the idea in cinemas with the Snyder Cut. So like you could just finish what that is and make it injustice, but that's not gonna happen. Yeah, and I, and I think the biggest problem with um, not just the evil Superman, but making it an animated movie, like, it's based on a video game, which is already animated, so it's just like, what exactly are you going to be able to do with this? If this was live action, that would be a different story, but because it's going to be realistically like an hour 20 to an hour and a half animated movie, you're also going to have to highly condense the story of the game down, so I don't know what it's going to be like, but there is a part of me that is excited, but I do have to agree with you, I'm going to give it a nay just because like we've seen evil superman so much and just like the other reasons i listed our next oh yeah so nay next thing on the news is something we actually kind of called last time um alan scott official casting jeremy irvine who was in mom Mia 2 as young i think sam uh who he said was rumored yes. in talks that news came up while we were on the podcast last week yes and we talked about it and said in talks and now he's been confirmed as being cast as alan scott aka the original green lantern in comics who's also in comics now gay so, and they're casting him as, I think, a gay character. I'm pretty sure. I think that's what they've said. Yeah. Or at least that's how it's being reported. Yeah, and that's cool. I'm fine with that. Also, I don't know how it's going to play. It might be like, he'll dance with the man like Lil Fu did. And that's about it. You never know what's, how it's going to be. Or, or like in Cruella with uh, the one fashion designer that acts gay but never says that he's gay or like you know goes out with a man or does anything like that. Again, this is Disney's, like, seventh time for their quote-unquote first gay character, and it's all the now, same, so she's like, do better. I know last week I gave it a, I gave it a yay, because I like, because Mamiya 2 is fun. But I'm giving yes. it a nay now, because Alan Scott, I think, should be older. I'm, I'm going to give it an indifferent yay, because good casting, I would like Mamiya 2. But, I'm right, I, I'm fine with the casting as an actor, I think, but as a character standpoint, the character is usually an older character. Yeah. I, I think... 50s ish and that's because he's he's meant as a mentor he got his ring from magic from like i think like chinese magic which is not mm -hmm. mm. anyway so overall i'm gonna give that a nay because of because character design i well mm, i don't know this world i don't know how they're gonna do these characters yet maybe a flash i don't care so because i don't know the world enough yet for this show on hbo max or it's hbo max i think right hbo yeah yeah because 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 the casting's so good i'll give it a yay whatever Next up is news from MGM buyout with Josh. Okay, so like last week with the big merger with uh, Warner Media and Discovery, Amazon has just bought a mega film studio, MGM. Uh, they bought them for $8.45 billion, um, which means that Amazon will now have access to more than 4,000 movies and 17,000 TV shows. I don't know if that's an actual like TV show numbers or if that's episodes, but that's still a lot. With this, um, it's kind of hilarious at the irony of it all, because back in, like, late 2020, uh, MGM was trying to get, like, um, studios to buy um, uh, the newest James Bond movie, No Time to Die. They wanted something, like, close to, like, a billion dollars, but, like, no studio was going to pay that much for it. And the fact that they're selling their own company for, like, not a huge amount more than that one movie really kind of shows just, like, what their company like really can do now because back in the day like when film studios had started they were he they were one of the biggest ones of all time 
But now lately, most of their movies that they do, they don't actually distribute them themselves. They just produce them. Like right. the Creed films, they produce those. Um, they uh, the Hobbit movies, like they that, yeah. yeah they yeah they don't really do a lot. The only big movies they've done have been like the uh, James Bond movies. Um, they did like I think the Adams Family remake, but that didn't do well. Um, the Florence Pugh movie, right. uh, Fighting with My Family, that wasn't big either. And the Hustle, that Anne Hathaway movie, like any movie that they've done that isn't James Bond has been kind of a big bomb. So like this kind of low number doesn't really surprise me. And MGM um, buying out Amazon buying out MGM. First off, that MGM was I think originally one of the big seven studios. Yeah, they were, which is uh, insane to me. I never Amazon bought them out. Ugh, Jeff yeah. Bezos. But Emma's, uh, this is, this would normally be big enough news to be the whole segment for the main topic. But a quiet place two happened, and we care more about that. Um, yeah. <laughs> also, this news, like, oh, I, I don't honestly care that much about it because it's just like, oh, yeah, more Amazon. Yeah. Like, I don't know. <laughs> In, in this article, uh, it says that Amazon, um, like, compared to... MGM, what article? Like, what uh, they, source? Uh, on CNN. Gotcha. Um, they, they said that back in 2017 when Amazon bought Whole Foods, they paid $14 billion for that. They that's, paid more for wow. a grocery company than a film studio. That's like, that's sad. insane. One of the big seven... Do, uh, the big seven were originally, like, seven major studios when it started. And how, anyway, that's crazy. Um, yeah. Next up is also from Josh's news palette of... Uncharted had got a picture released of the movie, and it looks like just two guys standing in a room. <laughs> okay, so this is this is gonna be my tangent time uh, about this movie. Uh, so the recently there was a pic released uh, for the Uncharted movie starring Tom Holland and Mark Wahlberg, and the picture is just them like in a room somewhere, um, like looking at something, and all I see is Tom Holland and Mark Wahlberg. I do not see Nathan Drake, and I do not see Sully. Now I understand that it is a prequel, and that like you know it's to evolve their characters. I get that. That makes sense. But that's kind of a problem when I see an image of the movie of these characters supposedly, and I don't see the characters. That's kind of a that's problem number one. Problem number two: this movie has been stuck in development hell for a very long time. Originally, it wasn't even supposed to be a prequel. Um, it was supposed to be like you know an actual movie based off the games. Um, I think the original writer uh, still wrote this version of the movie, but it's been going through multiple directors over the years. I think. The last director before this one uh, was supposed to be Sean Levy, who's produced uh, things like Stranger Things, Arrival, and is directing the upcoming Ryan Reynolds movie, Free Guy. Uh, but he dropped out of that because the film just was not getting moved. And then Spider-Man Homecoming came out, and uh, Sony was like, Tom Holland, he was great in that. Let's... Take a breath. <laughs> um, and so Spider-Man Homecoming came out, was a big success. Uh, Sony saw that and said, hey, let's give him the Uncharted movie and just kind of completely changed the movie because of that. Um, hence, I imagine why so many directors have been detached from the project. Uh, but now, uh, Ruben Fleischer, director of the Zombieland movies and Venom, uh, directed the movie. Um, Mark Wahlberg was cast as Sully. I hate that casting. Great actor. Wrong for this character. Um, it's still a prequel. Don't know when it's set in the game. Uh, but I really hope that it's a true prequel and doesn't do like things like what Solo did. But yes, I'm I'm worried. I'll still see it, but I'm keeping my expectations low because like so far we've had like pretty decent video game movies like a uh, Tomb Raider, uh, Detective Pikachu, Mortal Kombat. Like it's been pretty decent. Sonic this I think could be the tipping point. Sonic is the best of them. I'm I'm sorry I forgot about that. Um, um, okay. Yeah. This yes. As someone who's <laughs> not played the games, I'm indifferent. They don't. They don't look like the characters I've seen in the games, though. So I don't really care. I mean, as a picture standpoint, it's one frame in a movie. Like Tom is fine as a young Nathan Drake, but uh... next up is about the Powerpuff Girls. 
So <laughs> the CW was making a Powerpuff Girls reboot when they were like in their twenties and and sad, basically. What basically like Riverdale, but more adults, and they have and powers. the powers, and it's silly. And the idea of taking these cute, fun characters as a kid, and they've grown up now. Uh, live action, it's Chloe and Chloe last name. Chloe, Chloe Bennett. Thank you. Um, and I should know his names at this point. Uh, uh, Dove Cameron, Dove Cameron and, uh, uh, Yana Peralt. Yeah. Uh, and Donald Fison is in it. I don't know who he plays. Um, I don't know. But th- so basically, the funny the story here is. This was just probably a huge miss for CW. They wrote and filmed a plot, uh, a pilot, not a plot, uh, a series, and CW hated it. Apparently, the script leaked online, like someone someone leaked it from the industry, and it has gotten taken down from copyright claim, meaning it is actually from that studio, Um, which is hilarious. And if you've read the script, it's so bad. It's a thing. It's so Um, bad. My... This is my theory about it, because um, it the show is being developed by um, Diablo Cody, um, Academy Award nominated writer, wrote uh, movies like uh, Juno, um, Tully, Young Adult, uh, great writer. Um, and then the other person that's writing it, she's written for shows like um, Veronica Mars and Sleepy Hollow. So they both have great work under their belt. My theory is that they were really going for kind of a satirical, more kind of show, making fun of CW shows like Riverdale and things like that, kind of making fun of like the way kind of like our culture is now and just seeing like what the Powerpuff Girls would be like now. But again, not to be taken seriously, to be taken like, and it's like, oh, this is all ridiculous about it all. But whoever directed it, I don't know who did. They might have taken it the wrong way or the script just could be terrible. Reading it just how it is without any context to anything, it's not that good. They changed um, Mojo Jojo to being first off a human scientist and then the villain is his son. Yes. And when hmm. people, when, <laughs> He's a monkey. When, I think there, uh, before like the pilot script uh, got leaked, uh, people were theorizing that like one of the Powerpuff Girls was going to have a relationship with Mojo Jojo's son. And I was just like, they're not going to do that. Then I thought for two seconds and realized Riverdale's on there. I'm like, oh god, they're going to do that, aren't they? Remember, we are the Flash. Anyway, uh, oh, yay or nay for MGM buyout? N- nay, hard nay. Nay, Amazon- hard nay. Amazon's the worst. Um, and for Uncharted pick? I- nay. I- I'm indifferent, but to be just to be annoying to Josh, I'm going to give it a yay. How, how dare you? <laughs> uh, and for the Powerpuff Girls pilot being... Re- so they're rework- Sorry. So they're re- reworking the whole pilot. They've scrapped it, and they are redoing the whole thing now. Rewriting, re-storyboarding, that- re-everything. Yeah. I am willing to bet they're going to, like, scrap uh, any kind of, like, um, satirical kind of take or just, like, comedy or whatnot and just try to make it, like, actually serious. And with CW, that could go either way. So we won't know until we see it. But if this one's also bad, they'll probably just cancel it entirely. When it comes which out, I think would be a shit. When it comes out, ahead. we should we should watch a few episodes of the Powerpuff Girls beforehand and then watch the pilot for the podcast. Yes. Yes. <laughs> All right. Yay or nay on this news? I'm gonna give it a yay that's being reworked. Yeah, I'm gonna give it a yay. And as yay well. because I think it's what I've read is pretty hilarious of the original script. I mean, yes, I like laughing. It's it's, it's not. It's not funny for the right reasons, no. though. Or it could be. Who knows? It depends on your taste. Next up is actually about um, J.J. Abrams. Again? Of course again. What? J.J. Abrams. Abrams. Uh, So he said that Star Wars should have had a plan. (laughs) Which sounds like an Onion article. Yeah. With this, (laughs) I 
I don't know how I feel about this because, like, you th you think back to like the original trilogy, there really wasn't no, a no plan. plan. Yeah, there was no plan. And here, there didn't need to be, because, like, 7 started one place, 8 continued it, and then 9 happened. Um, so that being and... said, it was still one vision the whole time. And with still Lucas doing three movies. Not necessarily directing, yeah. but having, uh, having the say in all three. Yeah. And then you have, and then the sequel trilogy, like, you know, the first two, like, it seemed very natural, and then the third one was just kind of trying to appease everyone and get the status quo back to normal, like we said last week. The first... It didn't need a. It didn't need a plan. It just needed more time. Right. The first one, episode seven, was basically, oh, it's too familiar. Episode eight was, oh, it's too different. Episode nine is, what do you want then? Yeah. Uh, just like we we can't do we can't do either or. You you hate us both if we do both. Like, what do you want from us? Next up, we're getting more into some Marvel news. We have three Marvel news things here. Eternals trailer dropped. Um. Yes. Oh, oh, wait, oh, oh, hold on, JJ Abrams. Uh, nay, because you're dumb. We knew that. Yeah, but like, like we knew there needed to be some, I, some vision. Anyway, yeah, it's a, it's not enough for an article. That's a dumb thing for a whole art, for a bunch, bunch of articles. We're saying it's like that's not news. It's just like okay, yeah, uh, nay or yay or nay for that. Uh, I'll I'll give it a I'll just give it a name. Um, because like it's like you could have a plan, but you also couldn't. It just like time is a key factor in just figuring it all out. And like clearly with nine, they just did not have the time. I'm gonna give the Eternal trailer. Also, you're gonna hate me. I'm giving a, the trailer a nay right now. I'll have to watch it. I'm gonna, have to, I'm gonna have to watch it a few more times because I just don't care right now a lot. I'm trying I, to get invested in these characters more, but like because it, MCU, because MCU is so established at this point, bringing mm -hmm. in a whole new, I guess, giant intellect team was like we're so powerful, but we didn't we didn't want to interfere. What? Yeah, it felt wrong. And it's the excuse that I feel like they're gonna do with mutants too. And it's like we don't we want to stay out of the shadows. Like you need a better explanation than that now. I I can understand that, uh, but also like this is a story that takes place. They the director said over like seven thousand years. So clearly there's a lot that will be explored. Uh, but the director of the Eternals, uh, Chloe Zhao, who just won uh, multiple Oscars for her film uh, Nomadland directed the Eternals, and uh, just from that alone, like, I am really excited. Nomadland was amazing. Um, the and I visuals can't are beautiful. Does with... Oh my god, yes. Like, because she's even said, like, they try to use, like, natural, like, lighting and shooting, like, real outdoors, like, as much as possible. And, like, you can really tell yeah. the difference. Obviously, like, there's sometimes like, where they'll use effects to enhance certain things, but, like, there's a clear difference. Uh, I liked the character, like, like, the actors in this a lot. They're all like, I haven't seen all of them and everything, but like the casting overall it looks pretty great. The, the it looks the beautiful. I don't. The, the costumes to me are not colorful enough right now. These 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 characters are really colorful. They are mm -hmm. like. Also, that's why I think the accent should also be really colorful too, because these are really colorful characters. Um, and you can do colorful characters, so they wish they did a little more, a little more of that. But I don't have a lot of complaints. I'm just, I'm very neutral right now. I'm leaning towards Nate because I want to be less neutral. That's all it is. Because I, it, the MC at this point, I love so much. I want to be a little more hyped when I see each other. That's yeah, all it I is. Get that. um, and it, it told me, uh, was it a teaser? Was it? Uh, I think I think it was more of a teaser. Uh, was it labeled a teaser or was it labeled a trailer? Because that changes things. Uh, give me one moment. Either way, I want a little bit more. I do nothing, and I don't. I don't that's normally a good thing, but I want a little bit something to care about anyone here. Yeah, I, I get that. It was kind of like. Um, with uh the shang chi trailer but like for that like i still didn't like i don't really know the characters but like the way the trailer is and just um 
like just how awesome it is like that's the best way i can explain it like was just like it it gets me hyped despite like not knowing much yeah here this is kind of go it's kind of going for more of like an um epic kind of like drama kind of feel so it's a bit more difficult to get hyped for that i love that. um and it's it's labeled as a teaser okay cool that makes sense i love that the shang shay trailer does not look like an mcu film either anyway next up uh, oh uh, yeah you said yay cool yeah i'm gonna give it a yay Again, my NA is hesitant. I'm I'm pretty indifferent right now. I wanted to be having more hooked with this. That's it. Mm -hmm. uh, the Okoye spinoff show is the thing. That's I did happen. hear, I did hear about that. Denai uh, Gurira to reprise Okoye in Black Panther: Wakanda Forever and Disney Plus or Origin spinoff series. If the Origin spinoff series is about of the Dora Milaje in general, but not just Okoye, I think I'm more interested. Yeah, but I don't think it could be that, because if she's starring in it, then it couldn't be an origin story about them, because, like, they existed before her. So, right. I'm thinking what it is, is that it's the Wakanda show that uh, Ryan Coogler is developing. It could be that, because it's not really confirmed it yet. Exactly. Oh, it is? It's, it's, nope, you're, scrap what I just said. <laughs> So, so I'm think I'm thinking that it is like Ryan Coogler's uh, Wakanda show that he's developing, and she'll be um, the lead of that, um, which I'm I'm excited for. I'm excited for everything Marvel, but uh, Ryan Coogler yeah. is fantastic in everything that he's done, so I'm excited. I'll watch everything, um, but my <laughs> excitement goes in, and it's about like just yeah. Her character to me just seems very strict. We are fighting for our nation right now. Mm -hmm. we don't, I don't have a lot of her character besides that yet. It's not like a lot with her yet. She seems very passionate, very driven. I love her qualities as a character, but I want to mm -hmm. see a little more of who she is if you were making a show about her, which I guess I yeah. would explore. So that's a yay. I I like MCU. I like Black Panther. I like Wakanda. So yay. Same. Next up is the most confusing news of all of this. And it's about um, about Quicksilver, sort of. Yes. <laughs> it's about Kick-Ass, <laughs> sort of. Aaron Taylor Johnson who played the MCU, the Marvel Cinematic Universe's version of Quicksilver in, in Avengers Age of Ultron. He also was Kick-Ass and Kick-Ass, and, and he's in Godzilla, a bunch of huge roles. But the MCU part is what I'm going to focus on here. So he is in talks, no, no, sorry, no, not in talks, he is confirmed now to play in Sony's film uh, Kraven the Hunter. Kraven the Hunter is a Spider-Man villain. So this is the movie that's going to be like the Venom movies, the Morbius movies, the other spin-off movies that are based around Spider-Man's foes, without Spider-Man. But this casting is like when they brought in uh, Evan Peters and Wanda. Um, yeah. And, and... It, it, gives, it gives off those same kind of vibes. But this is more confusing to me. Yes. Because, because that went nowhere. Yes, but here, uh, for those of you that aren't aware, the Sony, the way Sony's deal with Marvel, it's very confusing. Because Sony's, like, Venom, Morbius, like, those things, they don't exist in the mcu but they also do it's very weird it's a very weird like fine line kind of thing but like if you've seen the morbius trailer like right. uh, michael keaton's vulture shows up um there's a spoiler for far from home uh in there and like and then but then you also have andy circus director of venom 2 saying that it's its own thing not in the mcu and then you have this casting um which makes it more confusing because it means that like you know he'll show up in the mcu probably at some point as craven but he's Darren Taylor Johnson. Like, he's going to look pretty similar to Quicksilver. Which, because No Way Home, uh, Spider-Man, the, the third MCU Spider-Man film, is going to be about partially the multiverse, reportedly, um, as will Doctor Strange, Doctor Strange, the multiverse of madness. What mm -hmm. I think is going to happen is Wanda's going to see this version and be very confused of Craven. Yeah. <laughs> but making Craven at all related to Wanda Maximoff 
like not like related, but like having them have like any kind of connection is a weird choice to put it at this character. I don't, th- I don't think that's their intention because as no, we know, I know. With Sony, but I, it, Sony doesn't usually think when it comes to these movies. But I mean, like if they're, going, if they're going to connect it, and Feige will definitely have one to see him. Oh yeah. Which means, which means it's a very weird character for to use Craven as that stand-in, at the same face. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah. Unless like he's gonna look like completely different. Like we'll like have like a full like thick beard, like long hair, like make him look visibly different. Like, but like if he just looks the same, that's gonna be a problem. It doesn't matter for like the characters like uh Josh Brolin's cable versus Thanos, if they both come to the MCU. if Deadpool comes in the MCU, that doesn't matter because he's so different as Thanos looking versus cable. Yeah, like, they're, like, they're different uh, characters. Yeah, or like uh uh, Gemma, Gemma Chan, um, she was in Captain Marvel and now she's the main character in the Eternals. Right. But, like, you know, in Captain Marvel, she was an alien. Like, she looks visibly different than how she does in the Eternals. But this casting, so Craven the Hunter, if you don't want to wear, is a, he's a hunter who's crowds on the world trying to find the biggest hunt. He, he eventually sees Spider-Man as his, it's just pride and ego. He's like, I want to hunt Spider-Man to say I've, I've tamed, I've defeated the biggest, the hardest creature to hunt. That was his, that's his whole motivation is he just wants to kill Spider-Man to say, I've done the best hunt. I've gotten the best. And that's like how a lot of hunters are with the idea of getting uh, the biggest game. That's the idea. Yeah. Uh, and I thought Craven would work well in a Venom movie of replacing that with that. Yeah. That would make sense to me, but this is different. I guess in this movie, if you include Tom Hardy's Venom in it, it could make sense. But right now, what are you going to do with Craven without Spider-Man? Like, that character doesn't yeah. really work on his own. Because he's just a hunter. Yeah. He's like, I'm gonna find some animals, rah. Or he's like, maybe they'll throw in, like, aliens or something, I don't know. But he needs something big and monstrous to try and hunt. Also, we don't want to root for him. Like, yeah, like, he's not a character you're supposed to root for. Even, like, Craven's last hunt, like, which kind of explores more of his psyche. Like, it's still not a story, like, where you're supposed to sympathize with him. He's not a compelling, like... He's not a good person at all inside. Like, if you say in the Venom movie, he's Venom's complicated or anti-hero. Craven can't really be an anti-hero, because his whole thing is he just kills animals. Yeah, it's kind of hard to make a bit sympathetic. Because it's not just, like, uh, hunting, like, deer. It's, like, hunting, like, lions, lions rhinos, and tigers, like, these giant things. He wears a lion mane on, on his collar. Like, he's not a... He is a poacher, and he hurts endangered animals. This is not a good person. So it's weird to try and use this character as your protagonist... Like, a Kraven, the movie called Craven the Hunter sounds awesome. Like, the idea of that. Like, you could call it, like, even, like, Spider-Man Craven the Hunter, or Craven like the Hunter, a Spider-Man story, or something, and include some element of Spider-Man or a mother Marvel character for him to try and think of the biggest hunt, the biggest game. But without that, I'm very confused on what the plot could be. Yeah, this is just kind of, like, my biggest problem with Sony doing their own movies at all. Like, because at first, Spider-Man was never going to be in them. And so it's just like, well, why are you making all these movies without Spider-Man? Because he's kind of a key player in all their stories in some way. And to not have that, it's a very weird thing to do. But now he sort of is, but he's still not. It's a weird thing. I'm, I'm giving this whole thing an A. Aaron Taylor Johnson, great actor, and I think he could be a good choice. But the whole thing is just an A for me. But he's also not great at accents, so I'm, I'm concerned about that. We saw okay, well, in Age of Ultron. I I think I think this time like we'll get a better accent. I don't. It's Sony. Who knows? Um, yeah, I'm gonna give it an A, but but I'm open. I'm curious though because the opportunities it leads with the multiverse is confusing. Yes. I don't want Sony's characters to join the MCU necessarily, but I also want to see Venom versus Spider-Man. But I want to see a different Venom. I want to see Venom that's actually like connected to Spider-Man's past and has the symbiote. Yeah. That. Mm. Because Venom, Tom Hardy's Venom, Venom to me is not really Venom because Venom's entire purpose 
comes from Spider-Man's personality first. Yeah. Anyway, this is a whole mess of Sony, which we'll eventually talk about probably more in depth later on, but this is... Aaron Taylor-Johnson, great actor, cool Quicksilver, and it kind of defeats any hope of him coming back as Quicksilver ever again. Yeah. That's the thing I'm most disappointed about is, because with multiverse stuff, I'm like, maybe we'll get him back as as Peter Maximo, Pietro. Mm -hmm. That'd be great, but that kind of... Nope. I thought it might happen with all the interdimensional travel coming forward, but no. Yeah. And so, ending with superheroes, we're going to go into superheroes now. And today's super weird story is about a character again, like last week, because Josh seemed to like that one, and I thought it was pretty funny last time. Here's a quote. Ready for it? Yes. One murder will not conceal another. (laughs) That is the tagline for this character, apparently. I thought you were going to say this is this character's catchphrase. (laughs) It might be. I don't know. There's not a lot lot of information about this character. So this character debuted in 1944. All right? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. They are called... Dr. Vampire. <laughs> okay, Mr. Five-Year-Old Writer. <laughs> well, the funny part about that is he hunts vampires? He's not one. He's <laughs> not a vampire. He just hates them. So it's confusing because you're like, if you're fighting Nazis, you wouldn't call yourself Dr. Nazi. Yeah, that, that makes so many implications you don't want on your shoulders. <laughs> yeah, Dr. Vampire is a, is a dumb name already. His outfit, ready for it? Mm-hmm. Remember the last time the uh, guy was in a purple suit and it was like a just like a leotard, like a skin tight Hispanic suit. Yeah. This guy is in a blue suit, but it's not leotard. It's actually like a blue like suit and tie. Ah. Uh, he wears like white shoes, like a blue suit and tie, like like Dick Tracy style. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Blue fedora. Because, okay. <laughs> and a magenta cape. This is this is. I, I don't even know. He how doesn't to react have a mask. This. There's no mask for this character. Of course. He's got a stick. <laughs> just like a stick. Like just it, like a, just like a just like a branch from a tree. It looks like a like a sword that's not a sword. It's just like one jong jong one long uh, wooden rod. Probably just like a stake. Like because vampires to kill him. Uh huh. But it's very long. It's is like it a, like, so- it's a, is it like a walking cane size? Uh, it's he holds it upright, so it's like a sword. But it's the one long wooden pointy rod. And huh. that's how he that's how he goes about his business. Now it's unclear if this character is actually hunting vampires or hunting bloodthirsty people. And the weirdest part about this character is no one knows who created him. Alright. Like that's baffling to me. Like they know who published it. It was published by Harry A. Chester Publishing. Uh, for Skyrocket Comics number one. Um but there's no author. What? <laughs> There's no author, and no one knows who created the character. It's just, it's just one day the comic just appeared mysteriously in an uh, alleyway. There are no records of who created the character. That that is crazy. So like, no like writer, no illustrator, no nothing. Um, I don't. Not that I, I have not found, but it says created by unknown. And my book, I have a book and an, and an article. Both say. Uh, created, well, the book says created by who knows question mark, and the article says created by created by unknown. People do not know who created this character, huh. and that huh. for a character called Doctor Vampire feels fitting. I, it's it's the one unsolvable mystery that no one will ever be able to figure out. Um, it's that's what gets people to read the comics. They're like, who wrote this? And it's, it's not like, a great comic series. It's very short. Like of course, because mm-hmm. most of you forget. If I bring up a character, they're probably weird and forgettable. 
Um, so he's shrouded mystery. No one, there's no no credits to his name. He had he had a, one sole appearance, and there's no credits to his name. So I mean that means no author, no artist, nothing. <laughs> his the actual character's uh, real name is John Doctor John Rogers. Uh, that okay. is yeah, pretty basic name. Also, he's white. Not surprising. What? No. So shocked by civilization's failure to stamp out the curse that causes the lust to kill, um, he then became Doctor Vampire. Uh, all right then. <laughs> Wonder- wonderful backstory. <laughs> armed Batman, with, eat your heart out. <laughs> armed with a heavy pointed wooden stick, the pseudonym Doctor Vampire. A doctor of what? No one knows either. <laughs> uh, uh, takes the night to wipe out the vampire menace. So, you know, it's not clear in this world is also, there's no for sure, for sure vampires even existing in his world. So this man is just delusional. Potentially. He uh, thinks vampires are real. They might not be. He thinks he's a doctor. We don't know what his medical degree so, actually is, yeah. if he even exists. <laughs> and his one and only comic he has, he has one adventure he's ever done. That's it. Uh, so his one adventure. This guy's just yeah. a guy with a stick. <laughs> um, <laughs> he, in his one adventure, he takes on a scene of a grisly vampire murder. Uh, so Doc's one and only adventure takes him to the scene of a grisly vampire murders committed at a Red Barn playhouse. Which is in the middle of uh, middle of an event, uh, of nowhere, yet it is depicted as especially popular with Tuxen Tales crowd, and that's a fun phrase. And the forties were a time. Yeah, as an investigator, because apparently he's an investigator too. Naturally, Doctor Vampire <laughs> leaves a lot to be desired as a character. Uh, he wanders about the barn, coming face to face with a slobbering vampire without seeming to recognize his fang-filled mouth for what it is. So he sees a vampire, doesn't recognize it's a vampire. That's for his... Yeah, what he does. Yeah, for his one thing he does is hunt vampires. He doesn't know one when he sees one. That's like Blade saying that, like, you know, I hunt vampires for a living, but he just goes around just punching random people and, like, not actually killing any vampires. Like, dude, do better. Um, yeah, it's, it's weird. Um, he doesn't... <laughs> And maybe it isn't even vampires that he, that he is really hunting. He, it's un, so unclear. But I just think this character is fascinating. Basically, he it's more racial profiling than anything else. Ah. For kind of Romani people. Because um, mm-hmm. the book says the G-slur for referencing mm-hmm. what he's looking for. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's not great. But no. also, he, so he, what happened when this, in his major scene is he found a woman who was bitten by a, a man thirsty for blood mm-hmm. but it's really unclear if it's a vampire or some crazy guy it's never explained this man just seems like a delusional man with a wooden stick and that is my favorite part of the story actually my favorite part of the story is that we don't know who created the character yeah so in this one-off issue in the four in 1944 we got an issue of a guy called dr vampire who hunts maybe vampires but he doesn't he does not recognize them and when the one time he finds one it might not even be one that's his he's whole story. A, he's an investigator, but he may also be a doctor. And he goes by doctor, but he may not be a doctor. It doesn't make sense. What do you oh, think? Yeah, this this was this was weird and like nonsense, but it's fun to just learn about these mysterious characters that appear for like an issue or two, and then they're never heard from again. Yeah, it was also the funny thing is it was Skyrocket Comics number one. So like, we're starting something with this and never went anywhere. <laughs> 
I'm sure Skyrocket Comics continued, but this character didn't. I don't know. The idea of vampire hunters are always still kind of fascinating. Like, Blade exists. Um, Morbius both is and isn't one. He is a vampire. It's complicated with that character. But this isn't a field that you can... Like, this is a, a kind of character that you can keep going on with for a long time if you wanted to. Mm. But if they went with the route of he's delusional, just hunting people who are drinking blood, that'd be more fascinating. Like, why are people just drinking blood? That's, I want to learn more about that, if that's the case. Yeah. That is it for this podcast. We got we had to talk about A Quiet Place Part 2. We talked about Halloween Town and Dr. Vampire. This is kind of a horror-themed podcast this week. Yes. Completely unintentional. Not um, intentional, but it worked. It worked. Um, and I like the news week, too. It's all fascinating and stuff. And thank you all so much for listening. If you want to have any comments, questions, concerns, or want to have a shout-out, then please email us at nerdtalkproductionsyt at gmail.com. Or tweet at us at nerdtalk underscore prod, and you can find with the hashtag GeekSpeakPod, and you can get on the podcast in some way. You can get your note or your information or your question asked and answered. That'd be great. Um, also, please leave reviews, five-star reviews on Apple and Google Podcasts and Audible and all the places you listen to podcasts. Leave reviews, follow us, please. Help us tell your friends. Um, yeah. Yee! Josh, where can they find you? Uh, the the social medias uh, Instagram J underscore Rudy 16 Twitter J underscore Rudy 28 YouTube Josh Rudolph and yeah go watch everything that I've done or don't I, I don't know I don't want to scare you away that's completely fair same here you can find me at well I, I run the nerd talk in, uh, social medias so you can find me there but also at Twitter at the theater nerd and yeah you can find us here so Thank you all for listening. Please check back again next week. Uh, we so far we're uploading mostly on Sundays, so that's might change, but who knows? Thank you. Bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.